0: Crash Pod is produced by Corey Blake, Thomas Logue, and Doug Smith, and edited by Thomas Loeb. The song "Astrovik" by Adam Warrock from the New Warriors EP is used with permission. For more overly enthusiastic hip hop, visit adamwarrock.com on Twitter at hugewarrock and on Facebook at adamwarrock. Write us at crashpod at newwarriors.com. For more about the New Warriors, visit our sites newwarriors.com, novaprimepage.com, and newwarriors.wordpress.com.
1: Ship. instead he traded astronaut stripes for a cape and a night ship and though his father doesn't like it still he can't deny it evil he's gotta fight it yeah little boy so scared growing up chose to fight back unprepared for the stuff so he didn't know his own strength found the right friends because they protected him from the adults who paid his rent became just a part of a big
0: Hello and welcome to The Crash Pod. This is the debut episode of a new podcast all about the New Warriors, the Marvel superhero team uh, of teen heroes. My name is Corey Blake and with me is Thomas Logue. Say hi, Thomas. Hey, everybody. And Doug Smith. Say hi, Doug. Hi, Doug. <laughs> it was ine- inevitable that one of you would do that. <laughs> uh, the plan is to meet every month, to talk about the new issue for New Warriors and also NOVA and to take a look back at one of the issues of the original New Warriors series, and to talk about any news and just chat amongst New Warriors fans. Thanks Doug and Thomas for joining me on this. Uh, I, I felt like if we were going to do this, that the two of you had to be involved as the two of you have really kept the flame alive with your fan sites Thomas Runs, NewWarriors.com and Doug Runs, NovaPrimePage.com, and those have really been the kind of premier stops on the internet for these characters. Characters. Now, the idea for this podcast actually, shockingly, has not come up before now. Um, it, uh, it came from somebody on the newwarriors.com forum that suggested the idea of a podcast, and so I was like, yeah great idea so I reached out to Thomas and Doug and asked and they both said yes so Frogman we thank you for your great idea you know the New Warriors fans are a great thing and so I think it would be great to to bring some of you in instead of it just being the three of us talking to each other I would love to have a fan guest in on each episode so if you're interested in being on one of these episodes uh, email us at crashpod at newwarriors.com so yeah so we'd love to have somebody on and maybe we'll reach out to some of the uh Uh, creators on here in time and some some sort of creator fans as well Uh, we'll see what happens with this episode we're gonna be talking about so New Warriors number one and two are currently out and Nova had one of those uh, Marvel point one issues around the same time but has also been double shipping a little bit so we've got three issues of Nova to catch up on so uh, we're gonna try and hit them all we're also gonna try and talk about New Warriors the original New Warriors series number one and two so before we we jump into the hot and heavy stuff here, I want to sort of give a chance to talk about our experiences with New Warriors. Um, I run sort of sporadically the New Warriors continuity conundrum site, which can be found at newwarriors.wordpress.com and and I started reading New Warriors. I was reading Transformers which was kind of like my gateway into comics and when that cancelled, I was looking for a superhero book to start reading and, and New Warriors was being advertised in the Marvel bullpen bulletins and so i uh jumped in at that point and i think the first issue i was able to find because i hadn't found a comic book store at the time i was just getting like mar- subscriptions in the mail and then i found a convenience store that had issues and so the first issue i finally tracked an issue of new warriors down was i think new warriors number seven i want to say seven or eight it was the one of the ones with punisher it was like the, that uh hard choices storyline that three-parter that first three-parter and i wore it out I, it's like in tatters actually like the cover is has been separated from the comic it because I read that so many times and I was I was in and that was it and then I went back and got the older issues and then of course have read every issue since and then eventually went Back issue diving and got every previous appearance of every character since and before was my origin, my secret, my secret origins in <laughs> New Warriors. Thomas, how did you get into it? I know you. I know actually. I think both you and Doug had been reading comics longer than me. I think is that right?
1: I originally got into comics way back in the fourth grade, and that was a really long time ago. <laughs> my first comics were uh, Uncanny X Men one twenty one and Avengers one fifty nine. So we're talking long time ago. But the way I got into New Warriors is by the time time I started reading X-Men Avengers I was heavy into comics I would pick up you know issues sporadically of just different stuff at the time I was young I wasn't really collecting because it was a title I would just pick up something because it looked cool one of the things I picked up was Submariner even when I was younger I enjoyed the idea of like stronger female characters in books you know because it was always just like I'm a man and I'll come save the day so when I saw you know Submariner and I was reading it you know they had introduced Namorita who would appear you know frequently enough where I was like oh I know who she is now when New Warriors number one was being pushed out there. I recognized Namorita, and I was like, oh, cool. And then I saw Firestar, which I recognized from Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends, the cartoon. I got it and immediately fell in love because I totally related to the characters, you know, a bunch of teenage characters who are trying to make a difference in the world. They're always making mistakes. So that was it for me. I was in.
0: Cool, yeah. Yeah, I totally agree that, that, that those themes definitely pulled me in uh, the, the way that it sort of connected to the larger world and that they were they were like kids trying to make their way. And yeah, Firestar was familiar to me too from the, that cartoon. I think that was the only character that I recognized. Doug, how about you? I th- I suspect I know what character you recognize. Oh,
2: <laughs> I'm an old timer. I just got into comics about 69, but in 76, when it came out, that was the first series that I had a chance to, uh, get from number one. The way that cover on Nova 1 was designed, just couldn't resist that, and so I, I was hooked right away. You know, Nova went away in 81 after ROM 24, but then we didn't see him through the whole 80s, but then when 4412 came out, I hadn't known he was in 411 because they're not on the cover, but on 412, you know, there he was. The name was different. It was Kid Nova, and it was the red jacket uniform. So picked that up, and then when the series started, what, a year later? I was hooked, uh, mm-hmm. and I still think the first 25 are,
0: are just fantastic. That's definitely the golden era for me, anyway. That's great. That's awesome. So that's us. We are New Warriors fans, in case there was any doubt. So before we do the reviews, I just want to talk a little bit briefly about some news that we saw uh, a week or two ago. Thomas, do you want to run this down?
1: Yeah, so Jason Aaron was doing Amazing X-Men, which is a story that pretty much featured the return of Nightcrawler, but it also had, you know, Iceman, Beast, a couple of other characters in there, but the one of interest was Firestar. It was announced that Craig Kyle and Chris Yost will be taking over Amazing X-Men, and Chris Yost had tweeted something that was kind of interesting. He said, what? Did I just take over a book that has Firestar? Curious to see what he does.
0: Yeah, that's that's really interesting news. Uh, uh, this is, of course, Firestar's first run as, as an X-Man, one of her early earliest appearances in the sort of Marvel Universe was in an issue of Uncanny X-Men, but she was obviously with the... Uh, Hellions. Yeah, she was with the Hellions at the time, but this is sort of her first run as a full-fledged X-Man. Uh, and Christopher Yost, of course, writes the current New Warriors series, and, and in one interview that I had seen, he had already, this was prior to this news announcement, he had said that he was disappointed that he couldn't put Firestar on the team, and that the first opportunity he would get, he would he would put her on the team. So whether he follows through with that, or if he he uses the uh, being on two different teams as part of the stories uh, It should be interesting.
1: If he pulls her from X-Men, it could still make sense. She is basically there just to be a teacher. She wasn't there to actually be quote-unquote an X-Men. But in the first story, like they go through some major stuff so, you know, if someone's there just to be a teacher and they just want to be a teacher and they go through what they go through, I won't say it this time just in case you do read it. I, I, to me, I mean, that's enough reason for said character to be like, you know what, this is not what I was looking for. And who knows, you know, possibly slide over to the New Warriors, or like you said, maybe they will crisscross. Yeah, I mean, it could be, you know, for sales
0: reasons, it could be a good good opportunity to bring some X-Men readers over to New Warriors in a you know, really really organic way.
2: In the new solicitations, there is a Uncanny X-Men special number one that crosses over with Nova. They could lay some groundwork in there. Uh, Sean Ryan's the writer on that.
0: Cool, that's good. That's something to look for. So let's get to it. Let's start talking about New Warriors number one. One, the new series. Let's just do spoilers. I mean, I think if we're going to talk about it, we just got to talk about it.
1: Can't really say blank got hit by blank and then turned around and got stabbed by so-and-so, and you cannot believe. <laughs> <laughs>
0: right, right. Number, page four is amazing. I won't say what. So if you have not read these issues, you might want to hit the pause button, go run, buy it. If you haven't, bring it back and follow along. We're assuming anybody's still listening to us, so. <laughs> right, exactly, yeah. I, I'm really just talking to my mother at this point. <laughs> <laughs> so New Warriors number one, so this is, well, this is the first appearance of um, Water Snake, right? Who we find out is named Water Snake. And it opens with a uh, rather grim scene of Bova, is that her name? Bova. Yep. I just forget her name. Not doing well, seemingly on the verge of uh, of dying, and the uh, high evolutionary who we we have sort of already known from some early press is going to be the main villain of the series, and then jumps into some a uh, really fun scene between Justice and Speedball. I thought really funny dialogue.
1: A lot of a lot of good funny dialogue uh, between those two. But it seems like every issue,
0: there's there's a couple lines that are just like. Legitimately funny.
1: Oh, yeah. And it's not even just the dialogue, but even a lot of the art is really helping tell the story. In the first issue, I can't remember her name. She's from Salem 7, the one that's all basically a snake. It's probably like Serpentina. There's a scene where she's got basically her arms wrapped around Speedball's throat. And, you know, he's like just like kind of smiling and going, hey, look, you know. Uh... It's when they're first talking about what happened outside of 7 Yeah, actually,
0: I didn't notice. They'll just I'm just looking at it right now. On the, It's almost cropped off on the page, but you can see the snake inches from his head and pit it for his face. And then, uh, and then from there we go to uh, Mexico and we meet Scarlet Spider and his, his friend. Uh, there needs to be a pronunciation guide. Uh, issue, So, I have not read the Scarlet Spider series leading up to this, but my understanding, obviously, is that um, Kane, who is the clone of Peter Parker, has been kind of trying to make a life for himself, been a very resistant superhero, and he's kind of, at this point, I think, had kind of decided, never mind, this is not working out. And yet, he's pulled back in.
1: Hummingbird is basically like, we have to do something. So he's like, fine, whatever. And he's brutal. I mean, he does that little knife thing through one guy's wrist to disarm him. And then he does the mark of Cain on another guy's face. He does not mess around.
0: And and Hummingbird, we'll just call her Hummingbird. Because she has the ability to, I guess, manipulate emotions and, and levitate. Which I don't understand how those two powers are related. But sure, okay.
1: It's no different than Emma Frost being telepathic and turning into a diamond.
0: That's true. (laughs) <laughs> yeah her brain is really hard or something yeah <laughs> so yeah so we're introduced to those two characters who seem cool and what I'm liking about how it's kind of shifting from from these characters is that you know in the original series they they're all sort of pulled together fairly quickly in this series it's they're really kind of taking their time to establish almost like little clicks within the team
1: what I like is when they do it this way is you're instead of having the whole team pulled together really quick and then the whole team is acting you're getting a chance to see everyone individually act and kind of get a feel for these characters who you may not have read about. Like, you know, I haven't read Scarlet Spider, so I don't know that much about him. So it was kind of cool to see him just react with Hummingbird and not have a whole team around him where he might get drowned out. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely. It gives everybody a little bit of bandwidth to, to to establish their personality and see how they are just as themselves. The next scene, we're introduced to Sun Girl, which this is like her like fourth or fifth appearance ever. She originally appeared in Superior Spider-Man Team-Up. She kind of reminds me of the Turbo of the team because she has this armor sort of situation going. Yep, yeah, very much yeah. so. Yep. She's just doing some crime-fighting, and she, she seems like very much like one of the most carefree people People, you know on the team
1: like she just loves being a superhero it seems right who just wants to be a hero and do right that's how she was even written in the uh, the team-up issues I was getting those and it's exactly how she's written she's just a very light-hearted kind of person and I loved seeing that you know you have this one character who's just there she just wants to be a superhero and that's all she wants to really do yeah I wonder if they created
2: her to be the new speedball because um. you, you know putting speedball in the group but still trying to make him like he was originally with every. Everything that's happened to him, it, it might not seem as fresh. So bringing in a, a whole new lighthearted person.
0: Yeah, that's true. She does bring that sort of youthfulness that that he had. I mean, he's obviously still very funny, but when the original series started, he was like brand new and you could feel that he was a kid. And and so, yeah, she does bring that to the book. That's a, that's a good point. And then the next scene returns back to Justice and Speedball in New Salem, where they're hanging out with Salem Seven. And this, I thought, was kind of an interesting scene because it really established this, like, town of mystical people. And I was wondering, like, is this going to be where they are headquartered? And I think I remember reading something where their base is going to end up being somewhere in Europe, which I thought was odd, too. So I thought it was kind of odd that so much attention was given to this location. I guess maybe to make sense for why the uh, evolutionaries show up, because they're obviously, you know, as it turns out, these evolutionary people, I don't know if they're robots, I don't know what they are, but they seem to target different species are different superpowered individuals or classes of people. And so I guess that's why they're showing up on this town is because of all these mystical people. Is that is that, am I reading that right?
1: Yeah, that's how I read it as well, like, I think they're targeting any kind of impurity of the human race, so anything that's like magic, magic's not pure, it's, you know, too much chaos. They eventually say why they're targeting, basically quote-unquote, cleaning up the world.
2: Actually, Yost created them.
0: Oh, did he write that? I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, it looks like created
2: by him, X-Men, giant size, volume one, says the evolutionaries were an ancient group of beings that were present
1: on Earth
0: millions of years ago. <laughs> so it sounds like they've been around a while. I guess so, they've,
1: they've, they've been hanging out. Yeah, because you see them as uh, one of them gets hit, and you see that robotic face get ripped off, and you see a human face underneath. Yeah, for some I don't know why I got sort of like
0: an android kind of vibe from them, but I guess that's, that's not right. That's well, actually. you know, yeah, that threw me off, too. It, I guess
2: I would have, I think the natural guess would be that the high evolutionary
0: probably had created them. Yeah, that's what I had thought, yeah, but... I guess they predate him. Definitely a mystery. So the next scene after they've debuted is we're back in Mexico, and it's, I kind of like this structure of, of kind of uh, toggling around the characters and around the locations, you know, hitting them and then, and then going back to them a little bit later. Kane is hanging out on the beach, ready to just retire, I guess. I don't, I don't know how we can afford this. And then uh, Watersnake shows up, or as she calls herself, Sar Sarnamora of Atlantis with a bunch of, it looks like, dead Atlanteans coming out of the ocean. And, and I hate when that happens. <laughs> the way she shows up, it looks like she killed them. That's not actually true. And then we go back to, to, uh, to Sun Girl, who heads down to the Morlock tunnels. And so we're getting so much of the Marvel Universe here, where uh, we've got that mystical town, we've got the Atlanteans, we've got the Morlocks. You know, already we're seeing so many, so much of the Marvel Universe. I think Chris, Chris Yost has said that in interviews, that he really wants this to firmly be exist in the Marvel Universe, take advantage of its locations which is fun.
1: He's doing a great job. I mean, he's tying in so many different little elements. What I like is it doesn't feel forced. They show up and they go to kill, you know, all these magic-based people and Justice and Speedball happen to be there. They show up to kill the Atlanteans because they're not human and Water Snake happens to be there and then they go after the Morlocks and Sun Girl happens to be there. So you're seeing all these things happening. You know, they're targeting things that make sense that these guys would be going after to get rid of to make the Earth quote-unquote more pure. Yes.
0: Yeah, he's really making it cohesive. Yeah, we saw a lot of that in the original
2: New Warriors series too, so it's it's good to see that kind of continue
0: in this series. Definitely an element of the original series that I think wasn't always noticed by other writers. And so it was kind of a keen observation for him to, to think, you know, that, yeah, that was part of what made it work, that all these characters come from these different corners and to bring those corners with them when they when they become the team. And then the final scene of the first issue there, we finally see Nova, uh, Sam Alexander, who is fighting. I did not catch this, but this is, uh, what's the name of this character?
1: His name is Hybrid. He's from Rom.
0: Yeah, I did not. Uh, I just thought he was just some weird de- demon thing. I, I, I thought he was just some generic thing. I didn't, I didn't know he was actually a pre-existing character which, again, is cool. Like, he's in Sam Alexander. He's just in uh, New Mexico, Albuquerque, New Mexico. He's fighting this demon. And then uh, evolutionaries show up there as well. And also the high evolutionary shows up and captures Nova. And we get a cliffhanger. And that's the issue. That's the issue. We're left hanging. So, uh, Doug, as our, as our Nova correspondent, what did you think of this appearance and, this? I guess, this issue overall even?
2: You know, that I think it's a good way to, to bring him in. And I think, I think at the end, number one, I think it's... It, I think it's good that it, he wasn't specifically looking for Sam because he says we have a Nova. It's the idea that it's not that Sam was s- somehow pivotal to it. It's the fact that he needs a Nova. It, it doesn't seem like he's ham-fisted into the group. I did like that, and, and I like where it's going. I like it a lot. I, I think he'll be a good addition to the team.
0: And, and and it's interesting. He's supposed to be one of the youngest, if not the youngest, team member from a podcast that Chris Yost did with Marvel. It sounded like that he was going to get some uh, some hazing from the from the older heroes.
2: You know, I could see actually, especially Speedball, occasionally going. Well, that's not what Rich would have done. <laughs> right. or, or even started calling him Kid Nova.
0: Oh, that would be that would be funny, actually.
1: Dude, that would be hilarious.
0: We're, we're going to have to uh, tell Chris Chris that <laughs> on Twitter. Uh, what about you, Thomas? What did you think of the issue? Yeah, I I agree. I like that you mentioned the art because it really is a big part of why it's so fun to read. Very strong storytelling and great body language. All the characters have their own presence, their own, you know, they kind of own their own space. For the first time in in a a very long time, the spirit of that original New Warrior series is alive again. I think on that level, it definitely is a success. I mean, it's, I don't actually read single issues very frequently anymore. Mostly I, I do trades. Like I do, you know, the collections and stuff like that. And so so I haven't really been paying attention to how long a single issue is much anymore. And, and so reading this, after I read it, I was like, that was really fast. And, then, and like you, I kind of went back and read it. I was like...
1: Uh, for the first issue, I actually... Absolutely loved it. The original series is hard to beat, right? It's, we had Fabian who gave us these characters and developed them. Uh, it was, you know, a great, great run all the way through, even when after Fabian left, it still felt like the New Warriors. And then we had Volume 2, which was, you know, all right, but something felt like it was missing. Volume 3, we saw the New Warriors basically more as a joke comic, uh, you know, with a really cartoony look to it. And Volume 4, it seemed to like progressively go downhill for me. Like Volume 4 was these former people who were mutants that were using technology to still be heroes and calling themselves New Warriors, which made no sense to me. So when they announced another New Warrior series, I admit, I was like, eh, it's been going downhill every single time. Every time a new series comes out, it seems to get a little bit worse. When I read it, I I almost immediately read it again because I, I could not believe... That I enjoyed it as much as I as I did, and I was like, okay, I have to find something wrong, right? You know, there's no way I actually really just flipped through this book and read it in like less than like three minutes. So I reread it again. I was like, no, it it's really that good. This for me has been, it feels way closer to what the original New Warriors felt like. I'm enjoying the team structure. I'm enjoying the each character. I'm I have no complaints about anyone so far. And, And the art, the art, like I said earlier, is. Only lending to it and making it so good. A lot had to be crammed into a very
0: small space, and to be able to shuffle around all these characters, establish them, revisit them, and establish them more, and set up this villain, I mean, that's a lot to do in one issue. To set all this up and to get the tone, the dialogue, as we've talked about, and have the characters all feel like their own unique voices was great. Oh, and I also want to mention the colors. The colorist is uh, David Currell. Curiel. The colors just really pop. I don't know if because I'm reading this on an iPad, and so they just sort of glow anyway, but just in comparison to other digital comics I've read, I just felt like it, a lot of the fun and energy of the series was reinforced, pushed out, because of the colors. Like, especially that splash page with Justice and Speedball. Cool, so that's issue one. Issue number two came only a few weeks after. I, I think they had double-shipped it or what, but it, it didn't take long for number two to come out. This opens with introducing a character who we need a pronunciation guide. Chi Heichi? Heichi?
2: Yeah, I just, all I know is I read it and I go, uh,
0: Bless you. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we meet meet this, this character who has a horn on his head and is kind of trying to hide it in the subways. There's a sort of accident on the subway and he is eventually brought to the uh, the whole Sun Girl storyline where she's fighting the, uh, the evolutionaries on, in the Morlock tunnels. And I'm so, every time I look at that scene where he runs down the tunnels and finds Sun Girl, I'm so distracted by the Morlock who looks like Jean Grey in the lower left corner.
1: So it looks like we got Jean Grey randomly running through here, and a male version of Callisto over to the other side. Right, I saw that too. I was
0: like, is that supposed to be Callisto? I don't know. The Morlocks, they're crazy. Who can tell?
1: Who can tell? It's probably a shapeshifter, who for whatever reason thought I'd turn into Gene. It's a whole
0: other story that will be in five years explained. Secret Evasions 2. Yeah, exactly. The next scene we return to Justice and Speedball in New Salem, where they're also being attacked by the Evolutionaries. Do they kidnap one of the uh, Salem Seven?
1: They end up shooting Uh, I believe his name is pronounced Bruticus after he gets nailed uh, one of them grabs him and you see this little thing that says And then they do a wham and apparently teleport away with him. So
0: that's interesting because they had previously kidnapped Nova and now they're kidnapping this character So I don't know if that's connected or not, but that's interesting. Character says we will bring him the gene sample he, he requested I don't know why you'd want a sample of Bruticus, but sure, why
1: not? And I don't know why if you just want a gene sample you take his whole body. Why not just a little drop of blood, right? Or just, yeah, pull his hair and bolt yeah, uh, a bunch of yeah, overachievers. You know, That's what see. they are. <laughs> They're trying to
2: exactly. find the scale, yeah. the
0: evolutionary scale. <laughs> so they uh, they continue to fight, and then they teleport away. And then the next scene, we return to uh, to Cain in Mexico. And uh, with a pretty cool fight scene between him and uh, Water Snake.
1: I love this whole fight scene. I love how it's laid out with the panels. I love how they show her fighting. That, you know, lightened image of her jumping from her spear and kind of taking the water with her kick and hitting him. That whole fight scene was drawn and colored beautifully. Yeah, I agree. I I thought
0: this was really a cool sequence. And we see that she apparently has uh, water controlling powers, which is kind of a surprise.
1: Yeah, with that water spout. Yeah. And it seems like her
0: spear even kind of changes into water.
1: Well, it looks like it has some kind of energy signature of some kind, right? In the top of that page, the spear is not in her hands. And you see her hands start to glow. And then in the second kind of faded image, you see the spear kind of growing. And then by the third image, where it looks like she's basically kneeing him in the head, she's got the full Spear in her hand. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: So she either created a solid weapon out of water or there's something else going on. Yeah. This is definitely, I mean, this really established her as like a tough character.
1: Yeah. Do not mess with me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: Then uh, Hummingbird steps in and does her emotion trick on her. Yeah.
1: I
2: wonder what her
0: relation to Namor's family is. Yeah. I mean, the fact that her name is, uh, has Namora in it. Yeah. That definitely kind of caught my eye too. It makes me wonder is she related. To Namora? Is she, which is uh, Namorita's mother? That is kind of a mystery as to what, what's going on with her. She does give a bit of a flashback where she was traveling to Lemuria searching for someone. She doesn't say. So the Atlanteans and the Deviants or they were fighting, and then the uh, Evolutionaries showed up and just obliterated everybody.
2: I, I wonder if the person she was looking for was Nemorita.
0: Could be. Yeah, I mean, my kind of theory that I that I had emailed to the the New Warriors mailing list, which which Thomas runs through New Warriors.com. So Atl- we saw after Civil War when when the New Warriors were killed, uh, Wolverine he returned Nemorita's remains to Atlantis. If she's from Atlantis, I would imagine my theory is that she was maybe headed to Lemuria looking for someone that could help them bring Namorita back to life, maybe mystically or, or otherwise. So that's kind of my theory but who knows. She definitely I, she's, I think she's probably the coolest new character
1: When I made the watersnake profile for NewWarriors.com I had tweeted it over to um, Christopher Yost. He tweeted back to me after I showed it to him. He said, you'll need to update her profile again after issue 2 and again after issue 4 when Vance and Robbie see her. And then he has a little smiley winky face. So ah, that's
0: interesting yeah, so she's quite the mystery character. We'll, we'll I guess we'll find out more. And what, what did he say? Four issue four.
1: We have something still coming up about her. So I'm curious.
0: Well, after that scene, uh, Justice and Speedball make their way to Avengers Tower, having been Avengers in the past, and um, and pull up the uh, the Avengers file on the Evolutionaries. Which I always wonder, like like what what search term do you use for that? How did they find the exact file? I never get that. But he get they get a full recap from Cyclops on these characters backstory, which I guess was originally written by Christopher Yost. While they're at the Avengers Mansion, they get the alert that of the uh, the Morlock battle with Sun Girl versus the uh, Evolutionaries, which just so happens to be the same people they were just fighting. And then this is where Haichi um, ba- basically eats their
1: energy. I do have to say, though, before that panel, before he devours energy, that picture of Sun Girl when she cuts loose? Beautiful. So amazing. Like, the art and the color is so freaking amazing. And even the whole story right there where she's like if i'm gonna die i'm gonna do it protecting innocent people and you're just right there you're getting the character defined and you're seeing her go all out so the art just adds to the intensity of it it's so well done so well done. Yeah, that is a great
0: sequence, great scene. Yeah, and you're right. It really defines her as truly heroic. I mean, she could take off. She could just, she could just fly out of there right there at that moment. But, uh, then, uh, Speedball and Justice arrive, and then, uh, but the guys, the villains take off. And then, uh, and so the, really, this is probably the first scene where, a new New Warriors team is starting, and then the next scene we see no- we see Nova again, Sam Alexander, and we see the uh, a tiger creature from the High Evolutionary. Sam is imprisoned, and High Evolutionary has some plans for him.
1: Yeah, I notice that both issues end with Sam. Yeah, yeah.
0: He doesn't appear until the very last scene with the, with the cliffhanger. Yeah, that is interesting.
1: So what are your thoughts, Doug, on the whole appearance? Well, the whole issue and with Sam as well. It's
0: good. I do like the art. I like the flow
2: of it. I guess, you know, with the way comics are now, where you take a little longer and to put the team together. In this case, it's working well. Everybody's naturally coming together, whereas like New Warriors 1 in the original, you know, everybody's together by, by page six. But I like Sam's humor, especially on that next to last panel. i for the cleansing
1: you're gonna take a shower <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, <okay. laughs> that a great one
1: what i like is uh because you know he doesn't know who high evolutionary is he doesn't realize how much trouble he's really in he doesn't know how to really react to it so you know as a kid you're like oh, okay are you taking a shower I, you know this is how i'm gonna react because i don't know what to do i do really
0: like this character i mean uh, uh he's a great sort of um pov character in a way Right, because he's kind of like oh, all this is sort of like I, I don't know, you know, and his reactions to it are are pretty funny. And it's interesting that the helmet, the Nova helmet, is like off to the side and like. Just- levitating there.
2: That does make a little more sense in number three, just from the preview pages I've seen of three.
0: Sam's powerless without the helmet. The helmet gives him his powers, which is different from previous Nova.
2: Uh, You know, I appreciate the fact that they did do that. This is from the Black Novas. Their backstory is obviously very different. The power set seems to be different.
1: Do I, uh,
0: how are you, Thomas? What did you think of this issue?
1: We're still seeing, like, the team come together, and like I said, from that one scene with Sun Girl, here's a character I don't really know other than from the Superior team up thing. When they do that scene where she's like, well, if I'm gonna die, it's gonna be protecting Innocence. Immediately, I was like, I love this character now. From someone who just appeared and she was, you know, fighting next to Superior Spider-Man from time to time, she made a stand that really defined to me who her character was. Just in one panel, I saw her willing to die. I'm not just gonna die just standing here, but I'm gonna go all out, like, I'm just gonna unleash everything I have, and I loved it, you know, so it just made me love these characters more and more and more. The fight with Water Snake, when she first appeared, I was like, okay, she looks like Nemorita she's in the land here, but then we see her, you know, like I said, summon up that spear, and she does the water spout thing, and I was like, oh, you know, this is, like, someone not to mess around with. Just, the story just keeps getting better and better for me, and that's why I'm really loving it. It really feels like it's way closer to what the original New Warriors were. Yoast, Marcus Toe, they're, they're doing it right.
0: Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Uh, I also with Sun Girl. One thing like we forgot to mention while going through the issue was is, was how excited she was when uh justice and speedball show up she kind of geeks, geeks out over them it looks like i initially when i start was reading the this this series and then sort of thinking back on the original series you know whenever i think back on the original series i think of 18 to 25 is kind of like i had mentioned sort of this this golden era for the series and and to me that was really the pinnacle wanting the this new series to be that but it took 18 issues to get to that point and so so i kind of have to to remind myself like wait give it a chance <laughs> there's only one issue issue or two and now it's you know two issues and that that the original series you know which will we'll cover in a little bit the first two issues was very similar to this in that it was you know it was more fun it was more them figuring each other out and more on superheroics and and discovering each other's characters rather than getting to the really heavy stuff of you know powerful moments and unraveling backstories and that sort of thing because you got to build it up first before you can kind of dismantle it and and, and examine it in new ways so i think it's on it, i think it's on track to be, you know, to have those heights. I think it's completely possible that it can. Um, and uh, the way that it's bringing these characters together, as has been already mentioned, is, is very natural and feels really the way that they're bringing the, the team together more slowly than what we originally saw is still natural. It's not feeling shoehorned in. It's shoehorned together. It feels like this is just an adventure that's bringing these characters together and then they're probably going to decide, well, we should probably stay together. So let's now take a look at a uh, a new uh, Nova number 13 this was the uh, the, the point now issue which uh, Marvel has been doing these for I guess a couple of years maybe three years or so uh, there's meant to be great jumping on points they're kind of uh, like a like a faux number one issue that's meant to, to really bring people in and I thought it did a good job this actually was my first issue of this series I had I had uh, was going to go buy it in trades and then I just got just you know I just got behind on all the other stuff I'm supposed to be buying and so I had not read really any of the series yet until this issue and so this this was my number you know first issue for this for this nova series this sam alexander is a very likable character Opens up with him uh with his mother who seems to be working at least two jobs is that right something like that i think this is her only job oh it's her only job yeah she just got a new job and already you can see sort of the responsibility that that he should have for to his family he just wants to take off but you know he's, he's going to do it. And then he runs into this bully and uh, Beta Ray Bill shows up in a, and, and a very funny scene of um, that, that bully, whatever, what's his name? Uh, Carl Moffat. He runs off and he slams into the, the sign and uh, Beta Ray Bill even thinks that, that he's the Nova because he sto- he just stole his bag. He stole Sam's bag. Which is a funny, funny bit. And then uh, and they, of course, have to fight. It's the Marvel Universe. You can't have two superheroes meet and then just, like, you know, Shake hands! I mean, come on. Was it last issue? There was a like a space pirate that Nova helped out, not knowing that it, he was a villain. Right.
2: Yeah. In number twelve, Nova, you know, just for the fact that he's not that experienced, and actually came across one of the old Nova Corps you know, kind of transport ships, and not knowing that this space pirate had salvaged the ship, and um, Beta Rays Bill's people were trying to capture him and Ashley had captured him until Nova disabled their ships and Skarn was able to get free and so he inadvertently helped them escape so um, that's why Bill came to
0: Earth looking for Nova. Because he pretty much messed up everything. Right, right. <laughs> Unknowingly. He he meant well, but yeah, he completely which I think is neat because we don't really see that happen a lot. That that would have to happen. There's so many allegiances and so many people, you know, especially in the universe, if you're a cosmic if you're like a cosmic character like like Nova is. Right. How are you gonna yeah How would you know? Yeah. You can't check the Marble Handbook, you know. It, it, <laughs> So, uh, I, I really like that. Like, that, that's completely legitimate to me, I think. So, uh, so they, they find it out, and, and I love the scene where, where Ray Be- <laughs> Bill just places his hammer on Nova, and he's like, here, just stay here. Here, can't hold uh, this. And then he finds a way to kind of get out of it, I think, which is neat. It's a nice kind of, like, uh, and I kind of like Sam's response when he finds out the truth that he, oh, I just helped out a villain, and, uh, and he wants to set it right. Doug, what's the relationship with this, um, this, this girl that he asks to babysit? Are they like, does he like her, or is she? How much, or is she older than him? I don't. Uh, no,
2: they're in the same, the same classes and stuff. But she did. Mm-hmm. She's already figured out that he's Nova. Oh, she has. Yes, yeah. oh, And she knew right away when she first met Nova early on. She's already kind of hinted to him that she knows, and that's why he's talking about finishing that conversation.
0: That's neat. And knowing that she knows, that's funny. I mean, it's basically that conversation is her like giving him the chance to tell her, right? And, and him kind of dodging it. And then so the next scene is the uh, a little follow-up of the uh, of Moffat there in his scene with talking to the cops, uh, just like the, uh, you, Sam just completely denies it and just makes Moffat seem like an idiot, and then the <laughs> cop cop very, very reasonably asks, well, then what happened to the billboard? And I love, I love he doesn't even offer an excuse, he's just like, oh.
1: <laughs> I love that small detail.
0: Yeah, it is a nice touch. And then the uh, little, little next scene is a little later, and they uh, basically They're saying their goodbyes, and uh, Mother sees what she thinks is Thor, and then turns out to be a a, uh, a zombified horse. (laughs) (laughs) And then they head out into space, and then that's the end of the issue.
1: No, what I love about that scene is, you know, where she thinks it's Thor and then Beta Ray Bill shows up and he just says greetings. What I love so much is it looks like he has a huge genuine smile but that's just how his mouth is. You know, it's just like all those teeth and I I just love that the reaction is her going ah, you know, just right after that because he looks like so happy and so sincere and he's like greetings. You know, he's doing nothing threatening. Yeah,
0: uh, Paco Medina is the artist on this issue and uh, yeah, I think he did a really nice job. He actually did some of the art in the last New Warriors series and there, I think this is much stronger here. I just think it's so much more uh, there's so much more personality in the pages and in the characters. It's just very likable. So Nova number fourteen is the continues the story. They're in space now. This is uh, them pursuing Skarn, and uh, they run into this ship that's in trouble from having run into Skarn. So uh, so they start heading to nowhere. But then they they have a quick flashback. Whenever you're traveling through space, you have time for a, a story. And so Beta Ray Bill tells a story about where he meets the first time he meets the original Nova, Rich Ryder, before he is Beta Ray bill when he's still just a just a space horse a nice way to tie these characters together continuity wise I think this this flashback would happen obviously before that issue of ROM when he loses his power uh, but during that that time when he's in space doing the the, the scroll is it the scroll shear yeah, uh, the
2: scroll Alexander war. Yeah, uh, war yeah because there's a whole basically a whole year of stories that we've never seen. I mean, the yeah. only thing we ever seen was the Epirus 7 incident. And I think that's the only war story we've got, So this easily could have taken place during that time.
0: Yeah. So I thought that was neat. It was a nice, nice touch. And it fits in with. Beta Ray Bill's because that would have been before his first appearances in Thor. They end up at nowhere. I kind of like this because it's you know it's usually when there's a, 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 a t- like a guest star in a book, usually the the main character of the book still kind of like runs the show. But but I like here Beta Ray Bill's the guest star and he's like no you stay outside and I'm going to go inside and check things out. Right, and, and he's uh, providing all the
2: backstory
0: information. Right, right. and he uses that amazing costume of just wrapping his cape around himself. <laughs> just hilarious. There's so much cape that he can do like a little belt, a sash, a hood. It's like <laughs> a Todd McFarlane cape. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so he sneaks in and uh, heads to the little Star Wars bar and pretty quickly finds Skarn. And, and so I, I don't know if I totally understood the scene. because So like Skarn is trying to get some sort of like giant robot from this bug alien and then Bay Area Bill just drops his disguise right away. Is there something I'm missing?
1: Uh, to me, I think it has to do with the fact that, that he killed the alien because his first thing he yells is murderer, you know, and it's all. Bold and underlined and emphasized. So I think th- I think the fact that he actually just killed someone basically in cold blood because he said, "Oh, who am I kidding? I don't have one. Just die." You know. So it's not like he shot this bug dude in self-defense. He just pretty much tricked the dude and had no intention of ever paying him. Yeah, yeah that makes sense.
0: Yeah. rope So I'm not familiar with this 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 robot. Has is this, this been? introduced previously? Uh, it's a first to me. It's a... yeah, okay. They basically try uh, track down Skarn, and, uh, who teleports Beta Ray Bill and seemingly Nova away, but then it seems it turns out Nova was using a hologram of himself. It's tricky, tricky, tricky guy.
2: Yeah, and you know what, that's one of the things I really like about this storyline, is we're finding some of the subtle differences between the Nova powers and the Black Nova powers. But since it seems like the Black Novas are a Black Ops, Having these sort of deceptive stealth type of options in their form of
0: the Nova Force really makes sense. Is this the first time he's using this 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 power the, the hologram power yeah that's
2: the first time we've seen him do that i think that's probably one of the
0: the only sort of like serious complaints i have is i kind of wish when he discovers these new new powers because he doesn't the next issue he, he he does something else too where he kind of like tries to heal somebody i kind of wish he you know it's like where is he getting these ideas that he can even do this
2: i think it's probably coming from
0: the helmet oh that would make sense
2: you know just like mm-hmm. when rich first got his powers in the first series remember even in the first issue he knew the answer to that really hard math problem some kind of subconscious connection that he had already had with the world mind so i'm I'm guessing it's the same thing with his helmet
0: yeah that makes sense you're probably right it's a good good no prize
1: (laughs) (laughs) or nova prize the fact that it's probably the helmet makes a lot more sense now that you say it versus what i was thinking i was thinking a lot of it was coming from him just being a young kid and having this imagination to try and do different things that perhaps an older adult, you know, they're older, they don't always have the imagination to think of things outside of the box, whereas when you're a kid, that's all you do, is you always think out of the box, so that's what I I was thinking he was doing, but yeah, coming from the helmet, perhaps makes more sense. I'd, I'm yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd buy either of those. Yeah, yeah me too. That's a
0: that's a good point too. I mean, you're right. It's like a, as a kid, it's like he's not too far away from playing make believe, and so he's sure exactly. That, 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 I, I can buy that. Nova is led to a uh, another back corridor of the no, of nowhere and discovers Cosmo, uh, the psychic Russian dog, and uh, so it's cool to see this location again after Dan Abed and and Andy Lanning had established it in the. Previous Nova series, and to see Cosmo again, Cosmo was a fun, uh, was kind of a hilarious concept to begin with.
1: So, uh, any uh, final
0: thoughts on this issue, uh,
1: Thomas? What do you think? I don't know what it is, but once we got to the Scarn issue, I have actually really been enjoying it. Like, I like the fact that he went in there, helped the wrong people because he just didn't know, ended up helping pirates instead of the correct people, and then you know, I'm a huge fan of Better Ray Bill, so you know, him guest starring in it only made it that much better for me. So, I've, I've been really enjoying where it's going. And as you said, seeing Nowhere and seeing Cosmo again from Dan and Andy's series, all of that coming together has just better for me.
0: Yeah, once again, using pieces of the Marvel Universe and just kind of organically playing with them together uh, does work. It does feel totally natural. Uh, Doug, what about you?
2: Oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm actually enjoying the whole run. I mean, Thomas was right. When you, when we hit the beta ray bill, or actually the couple before that, when Nova 10, well now 11 for me, I guess, 11 was Dugan's first full issue. Then it really seemed to take off because he's starting to explore a little more of the Nova aspect of it. Really looking forward to seeing more on the Black Novas. Yeah, you know, it's, it's just good, and and I really want, I'm really looking forward to when they go back to Jesse Alexander's subplot. I think his search was, was for Rich Ryder. S- uh, Sam's father, you're
0: talking about. Yeah,
2: Sam's father, yeah. yeah. I think Rocket Raccoon had approached him to go find Rich, especially after Peter had come back and Rich didn't. I think he went to Jesse and said, can you go find Rich because he's not back? And knowing that the Black Nova's can track Nova's Um, it would make sense that he would have him look for him because he had the best tools to find him and even Jesse's map from number one we had talked about that before Um, if you overlay Jesse's star chart over one of the Marvel handbook maps where the fault is it all lines up that Jesse's point of interest the, the location that he's looking for is the fault. yeah just a lot of potential in the series and this story arc in particular has just been really good because we get to see him some new uses of the powers and, like Thomas said, to see him screw up and having the character within himself that he has to fix it.
0: I agree. I mean, I think he's a uh, he's a likable character to me, and he feels like a fifteen year old kid. You know I, don't know, I just I enjoy it. I was a little nervous because I have heard some some like longtime Nova fans, Rich Rider fans, be pretty hard on the series, and I was pleasantly surprised. So yeah, I'm curious to see where it goes. I'm curious to see when it, new warriors and nova they'll start to kind of acknowledge each other as 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 series it's funny that nova and new warriors have series often at the same time that's the new stuff feels like the characters are in pretty good hands right now let's take a look at the old stuff new warriors the original issue number one where it all started where if they hadn't happened, we wouldn't be doing this, probably. Which starts off, probably the most iconic scenes in the whole series. Night Thrasher throwing Rich Rider off a roof to uh, reactivate his powers, which he wasn't even sure would work. For some reason, Rich Rider didn't like that. Yeah, I don't it, know. Well, it was rude. He could've asked, at least. And there was such a, you know, it really did establish, I mean, it established so much. The sort of street setting, you know, Night Thrasher, who's a, you know, basically a brand new character, aside from his two Thor appearances, which this takes place before that. Um, and uh and establishes their dynamic, which really drives a lot of the series, like the animosity between them that takes takes about a year to resolve, and then even even after that there's you know they still kind of butt heads. What a first
1: impression definitely he is someone that basically will do anything by any means. No matter what it costs to get what he wants done, you
0: know we see happen a lot in this series as it as it goes on. And then a uh, Marvel boy tries to join the Avengers with little success, but then is picked up by Night Thrasher pretty quickly. And uh, then we're and then we're introduced to Namorita in the in the. Uh, in the uh, Queens, the the neighborhood there with the contaminated soil, and, and and this kind of read as as sort of an innocuous scene to me when I originally read it. You know, just sort of like okay, we're just setting things up. This scene kind of sets almost like the mission statement for the whole series. When Nimrita asks uh, Walter Rosen a question about how it's how this will all affect the surrounding community, he says, "Well, there are no easy answers." And she says, "Well, how about getting us some hard ones then?" That's Pretty much the whole series is them asking hard questions and getting you know, and, and and getting some hard answers.
1: And having to make some of those hard decisions.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And to have that kind of buried there it I thought it was really clever. And, uh, and then Terex shows up, and then they all converge to fight Terex, I forget say his name, and they, they persevere. And, the, and then the, the one thing that I noticed, having re- reread this, or well, one thing that always bothered me that, that, that I don't know if it gets mentioned a lot, is that Walter Rosen runs up to Night Thrasher and the others and says, you know, I think I have a way of how we can stop him. And then the very next scene, Terex is lifted off the ground for the first time, and he screams in pain. It turns out later that Walter Rosen gives them the idea that, yeah, his his contact with the ground is what's replenishing him and giving him his power. The sequence is a little bit, I mean, unless there's his sensors are, are showing, you know, kind of gave him a hint of this. I don't know if that's an error or not.
1: You know, I didn't even think about it when I first read it, but we had talked about it earlier. And the only thing I could think is, you know, he had been part of that soil for a while. Whatever that contamination was, was getting stronger and stronger and stronger. So perhaps being tied to the earth like that is what was renewing his strength. Separating him from the earth may have been a trick to try. Totally skimmed right over that the first time I read it. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't notice it for a while, but then
0: rereading it, I was like, wait a minute, <laughs> how did he know? But uh, there was a, a scene earlier where Namorita where Nam- where punches him off his little rock slide. So he, he's, only, he's only briefly off the ground and he doesn't, he doesn't yell in pain or anything like that, but I suppose the readings could have indicated something. So there's kind of that out as well. So it's not totally an error, but...
2: I suppose it could have been a complete guess, too, in that this guy was formed from the ground. He seems to be able to control the ground. Separating from the ground You're right. might be a natural not, idea.
0: Yeah, it's not a completely outlandish theory to begin with. That's true. That's true. They are a team by the end of the issue. and with that great page of their them all putting their hands in in together. The order that they join in is completely matches their personalities and how they feel about being on the team. I've always loved that.
1: One thing I really did like about this issue is, you know, after after the new warriors do all the hard work, they defeat Terex the Avengers show up and say, hey, we can take it from here, kids. And that pretty much really kind of sets the tone, right? Like, they have to prove themselves. You know, they're they're not just kids. These are people who want to make a difference. And, you know, the Avengers weren't there, and the New Warriors did all the hard work, but then the Avengers get the cleanup and all the credit. Yeah, absolutely.
0: And that's totally a... Uh, especially, I like that it's specifically the Avengers, because one, obviously, Marvel Boy just tried to join them. But, but you know, in a year or so, they uh, break into the Avengers and steal their Quinjet and- and, you know, there's all these kind of sort of awkward things that kind of, they sort of bump up against the Avengers a few times. Doug, for, you know, as a Nova fan, what was it like to read this issue when it first came out? It took a little
2: getting used to, to be honest with you, because Rich, he had hit bottom. It was so different than what, you know, Marv had built in his series, but after I thought about it, then it made sense that, okay, he had been Nova, and then he fought a galactic war for a year, and then he, in my opinion, unfairly had to give up powers and and so it seemed like yeah okay he's gonna be bitter he's probably gonna be resentful plus he came back and everybody had moved on with their lives and they were moving forward and rich's best days to him by that point were gone now and so he's just completely lost in his life
0: yeah, I can, I can see why you would, you know, especially reading the original series, and then if you read this series, I mean, he, even the way he's talking, you know, with this, like, thick Queens accent or thick, you know, New York accent. Um, yeah, I mean, I could see why it would be kind of disjointed or feeling kind of like, what? What? What happened? So, uh, Tom, Thomas, what did you do? Do you have any thoughts on this issue? Other, other thoughts?
1: Uh, on the first issue, you know, I thought it set it up pretty good. Uh, you know, we see Night Thrasher, who no one really knows about, clearly will do anything right off the bat to get what he wants by dropping someone off a building. So you already know this is a guy who's probably not altogether there, perhaps. And then, um, you know, I'd recognize Firestar, so it was nice to see her, and I'd recognize Namarita. Uh Nova I was familiar with from the Nova series, but i you know, nowhere near the fan that Doug was. I enjoyed the character. But I wasn't like, oh, my God, it's Nova. So seeing them all come together and then having that issue where they fight, you know, a big villain and then they win. And then the Avengers come in and I'm like, hey, we'll sweep up. Don't worry about it. I, I loved it because I thought that set the whole tone. Like, you, then Marita even does that little thought bubble where she, you know, after Cap calls them kids, she's like, kids. Now, now I'm pissed. You know, now I have to prove myself that we are, you know, equal to the Avengers. So I really loved that first issue. It set everything up. We got all the characters together. They fought the big bad. Another big glorious team comes in and says, "We'll take all the credit. Go ahead and leave." And what's interesting
0: is, is uh, Fighter, he's a pretty big Fantastic Four villain. I mean, he's he's a, he was a herald of Galactus. I mean, obviously he has seen better days than in this issue, but uh, you know he's obviously not at full strength. Even so, I mean, they the fact that they can beat him is kind of significant. And I always thought it was interesting to go from that, where it's basically like a cosmic villain, and then issue two, very street level gang warfare kind of story, kind of urban feel to it. Especially Especially the opening scene there with the cops getting getting taken out by Midnight's Fire. Very dark, in you know, a lot of shadows, and we see the new warriors training for the first time. The first example of Ty being more than what we, she seems effortlessly jumping over over yeah Nova and Speedball, and uh, and then we find out this little backstory on Night Thrasher for the first time, where he before he had armor, he teamed up with these two Midnight's Fire and Silhouette to to take out some gangs, and then an accident happened during one raid. And, uh, uh, silhouette was seriously injured and a rivalry was born between Night Thrasher and Midnight's Fire. And the end and explains the scar on Night Thrasher's face. And speaking of great fights where we talked about with Water Snake and uh, Kane, uh, this this fight between Midnight's Fire and Night Thrasher, I've always thought it was just so well choreographed.
1: Yes, because there isn't even like a lot of dialogue between the two. Just cutting at each other and just beating each other up, which is how a fight should be, right? You're not doing a lot of banter when you're beating the crap out of someone. <laughs>
2: right, right. Yeah, it's not a Captain America fight. You can yeah. give an entire speech.
0: Right. In the course of one punch, you've just recited the Constitution. <laughs>
1: What I like about the fight is, once again, it shows how ruthless uh, Night Thrasher can be. He gets his world rocked, but in the end, he turns it around and gets the cord around Midnight's Fire, and you see him pull it tight, and it draws blood. And they're like, are we really going to let this happen?
0: Yeah, and then he pulls the blade on them, and hes it's like he's ready. It, to go from sort of the fun superheroics of the last issue to this, it, it, it's, kind of, it's, it's kind of impressive that they can do that kind of shift, and then, but the, but the, the, the character's kind of hold true to who they are like it never felt like it felt natural for them
1: i thought it was kind of important since we don't know who night Thrasher is that the you know the second issue starts to focus on a little bit of who he is why he is
0: yeah i mean as, as the newest the most unfamiliar character that is that was that made sense to, to focus on him and we find silhouette survived and is now in crutches i always looked for a character so that's that's issue two. Any other thoughts on that one? Uh,
1: what I do like is, you know, we see that Midnight's Fire is responsible for the scar on Night Thrasher, but at the very end, Night Thrasher returns the favor. He pops his blade and then cuts Midnight's Fire across the cheek as well. Yeah, and it's interesting
0: that, you know, just as Silhouette is essentially disowning him as a brother, Night Thrasher is claiming him as a brother, in a way. So that's this episode of the Crash Pod. Uh, thanks for listening. And next month we'll be doing uh, New Warriors number 3 for the new series. And we'll also do Nova number 15 and maybe 16 as well. And we'll look at the original New Warriors number 3 and talk about any news relating to the New Warriors. And uh, feel free to email in any questions. You can email Pod at NewWarriors.com. You can also send uh, yourself, record yourself and ask us a question. Send us the file. It can be an MP3 or WAV file. Whatever you want, and we'll uh, we'll play it and respond to it like a live letters page come to life. We'll see you next month. The Crash Pod is produced by Corey Blake, Thomas Loeb, and Doug Smith and edited by Thomas Loeb. The song Astrovic by Adam Warrock from the New Warriors EP is used with permission. For more overly enthusiastic hip-hop, visit AdamWarrock.com, on Twitter at HugeWarrock, and on Facebook at Adam Warrock. Write us at CrashPod at NewWarriors.com. For more about the New Warriors, visit our sites NewWarriors.com, NovaPrimePage.com, and NewWarriors.wordpress.com.
1: Space-time continuum didn't shift. Instead, he traded astronaut stripes for a cape and a night shift. And though his father doesn't like it, still he can't deny it. Evil, he's got to fight it. Yeah. Little boy so scared growing up Chose to fight back unprepared for the stuff So he didn't know his own strength Found the right friends Cause they protected him from the adults who paid his rent Became just a part of a bigger thing